0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is episode number 34 for March 2011. Hello everyone and welcome to the PDS Club, the show where we talk about the news from the past month from different points of views from around the world and I think it's quite appropriate today uh, since we have people from France, uh, the Middle East and Asia. We are not, um, it's a little bit too early for the US to be awake, so it's just us. Um, We have Turkey as usual. How are you doing Turkey?
2: I'm well Patrick and how are you doing? I'm... Good. Any I'm demonstrations excellent. in France or not, strikes or
1: something? No, not lately. You know, our our dictatorship is still uh, holding uh, quite strong. All right. <laughs> um, wow, that makes me sound completely like something I'm not. <laughs> um, we have a, a returner uh, on the show. Uh, Letad is back from Thailand. How are you doing?
0: I'm fine, thank you. So the same.
1: Um I I spent about we spent about, you know, five minutes discussing the pronunciation of your name last time you were on, which was August, I think. Right. Um yeah, August. So we're oh. just gonna say Letad, is it good? Right.
0: Yeah, that's good. Makes me sound French. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it.
1: Okay, so thanks for being on the show again. Uh and we have a newcomer. Um Kat is joining us from uh Japan. How's it going?
3: Yes, hello. I'm fine. Everything
1: okay? Um, so. so far. <laughs> so as you can hear, uh, with her lovely, lovely accent, Cat uh, is actually French, right?
3: Yeah, I am. I and thought I lost my accent. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very short. It's very small. We we can I, I'm hear. trying
3: hard. I'm trying hard, but still, everybody knows I'm French. Sorry. <laughs>
1: So, you're French. Oh, I, I'm getting a little bit of echo uh, from your side. Maybe you have, uh, 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 oh, I don't know where it's coming from. Maybe from Turkey. Uh, please try to turn down the, the volume, everyone. I don't know where it's coming from. Uh, but yeah, Kat, so you've been living in Japan for about a year, correct?
3: Yeah, I moved to uh, Japan uh, last May. So, now it will be almost one year. So, right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's exactly the right time to be in Japan.
3: And no, uh, that was a little bit tough, but yeah, a bit uh, surprising for French as well. Yeah. We never experienced that, so it's a bit complicated, a bit scary, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember I was in uh, in Japan uh, maybe 10 years ago, and um, it, we had a few earthquakes, with, which was weird. But um, okay, you know what? Let, let's just get into the show right now. Um, and ha In 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 France, at least, there were two topics for the whole month. For the whole month, it was uh, (laughs) the Middle East and Japan, of course. And uh, I guess we're going to be talking about Japan first, and then let's uh, go into the Middle East. But Japan, can you can you tell us, Kat, uh, how things happened in Japan with the Japanese news and the Japanese people? when the uh, earthquake... It sort of tell us, uh, from that point of view, on the ground, how things evolved in the first, let's say, you know, few days. You, you were based in Tokyo, right?
3: Yeah, I'm based in Tokyo. So first of all, like earthquake, we have maybe once a month a little bit of shaking, so it's not really a big thing here like we used to it. And then uh, when the big one happened last Friday, the Friday eleven. I was in US so I was not uh, exactly uh, in Tokyo when it happens. But then uh, only people in the big towers could feel it a little bit stronger. But if you were in the street, of course, it was a bit more deep. But you you cannot imagine it was so big at that time. Mm. So mm-hmm. I was in U.S. and then I said, OK, so I have to come back. My only concern was, uh, OK, sh- could I get a flight? Because at that time, the transportation were very bad. So I went back and I could not imagine everything uh, uh it's going to evolve so badly with a nuclear plant and everything.
1: Mm. So basically when when did you uh, get back in uh, Tokyo?
3: I got back uh, in um, like uh, the night between 12 and 13 of March, so very early Sunday mm. morning.
1: So a couple so, of a couple of uh, days, not even a couple of days after the uh, the earthquake. I
3: like happened. twelve, yeah, a bit more than twenty-four hours, and everything was uh, pretty okay, like very quiet. I could find uh, transportation to go back home, so that was pretty fine. And then uh, the whole thing with the nuclear plant came slowly. Uh,
1: I'm I'm sorry, oh. Kat. Just for a second, I, I wanna I wanna interrupt and say, for us. Um, the the reporting that was done in the days following the earthquake was that of um a, a, a not devastation certainly not because we know that the um japanese infrastructure is built for that kind of event but it was told that people had to stay in the in the offices you know in Tokyo they couldn't go home because there was uh, uh the transportation was not working and people were starting to stock up on food and and uh drinks and the um vending machines were empty you couldn't find uh food or drinks in the convenience stores and stuff like that i don't know if uh, Turkey for Turkey and Letad, if it was reported in the same way, was it reported as chaos or not? And then we'll go back to Kat to hear how it wa-
2: actually was. On well, the first uh, few uh, day, couple of days, it wasn't really a big chaos. And I think because the, even with transportation and so on, most of the reporting was more about uh, checking and making sure everything was okay more than mm-hmm. that everything is broken. I think right. the real problem started is when people realized how bad that tsunami was. Right. And then followed by uh, the nuclear reactor. But so, uh, in the first two days, nobody expected this uh, huge uh, disaster, especially since it's Japan.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's still like an, enormous, um, uh, an enormous earthquake. But yeah, with Japan, it, I guess what, I'm, what I should say is the f- general feeling was if that had happened anywhere else, the devastation would be <clears throat> unspeakable. Uh, yeah, but because it was Japan, it was... Yeah, uh,
2: I, th- I think, I, I personally think Japan uh, was prepared for it. I really yeah. hate to see what would have had happened if it just happened in the, some other country, poor country like Indonesia.
1: Um, Letad, what about Thailand? How was it reported on in the first, you know, couple of days? Right, so we
0: heard about the earthquake. I mean, as soon as we heard about the tsunami, if you recall, um, several years back, we also faced a tsunami. Right. So it kind of focused on that and the devastation <coughs> that got. So, um yeah, so we actually didn't talk as much about the effects of the earthquakes as much as the the tsunami, and we we got a lot of pictures of how um, all the coasts were um, affected and um in Thailand, we don't have much of um an international news network, so mainly it's um from uh, c n n and things like that, so it was mainly um about all the damages, and, you know, afterwards it came to the radiation. But, um, mm. I, I, yeah, I, I had to resort to my friends that were actually living in Japan to get more of them. Uh, the real reaction that was a bit more calm than what you could see in the news
3: network.
1: Okay. So, yeah, so, Kat, uh, you land on, you know, the morning of the 13th. So yeah. what's the situation then?
3: That was pretty normal. I mean, I, of course, everybody was talking about Sendai uh, and uh, the tsunami and the disaster, but not really about the nuclear plant. So, hello?
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, of course, uh, it was pretty normal without being normal because uh, many disasters in the north. But then I felt pretty safe when I came back. Mm. And uh, people were stuck on Friday uh, at work because they stopped trains. So everybody, like living far away from Tokyo Center, they were stuck inside. But at that point, that was there was no food problem, and not uh, like that was okay. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, the main, the major damage were in north at that time. So,
1: so in Tokyo Sunday, it was just like an inconven- Well, yeah, inconvenience because the transportation was stopped for safety reasons. But it was yeah. just life as usual.
3: Yeah. I mean, okay. of course, everybody was uh, staring at the news, and it was uh, 24 hours on 24 on TV. Mm. And then we had a lot of aftershock, so, which is pretty scary, because you have the news on TV 24 hours, and when uh, aftershock is coming, you have a small alarm on TV, and you know it's coming a few seconds after. So yeah, it's a bit stressful. <coughs> but at that time, nuclear plant was not so huge thing. I mean, at least Sunday morning, and then it came.
1: Right. So... Mm. Okay, so can you uh, then walk us through what happened with the, you know, the way the news ramped up and how it was reported on by, I, just so so you know, um, to the listeners, we're recording this on Saturday the 26th, um, and at this point it's the, 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 the threat we thought had been uh, resorbed, but Now it seems that uh, reactor number three has been leaking um, quite severely, so the concerns have come back. Uh, But yeah, so when you were when you were um, when you were there at the beginning, can you tell us how the news came out and how the the TV you know TV reported on it? Because uh, uh, just go about it and and, you know just talk about it, and I'll ask you more questions. Uh,
3: for the, uh, in the first few days, uh, Japanese TV was only talking about the damages in the north. So the news came pretty slow about nuclear plants. And I had more news from uh, Internet and uh, France than from uh, Japanese TV. Of course, my Japanese is not so good, so it's also a problem. But mm. they were not communi- communicating that much. So what happened is that French embassy published communique, uh, like uh, a note on the website on the sunday and it panic uh, it totally panicked all the french community and then it started like that and uh maybe monday or tuesday after that japanese tv communicate a bit more about uh, nuclear plant and the risk because as well uh tuesday uh tuesday 15 there was uh, the wind change from the, the there was a leak uh, right. Because they released a little, there was a hydro, hydrogen explosion and a little bit of uh, particles were in the hair. And then the wind came to Tokyo the 15th of March, Tuesday. So then they communicate a little bit more. Mm. But of course, less, much less than uh, foreigner TV.
1: You know, that's, that's something uh, that really was very clear uh, from France here. Uh, there were a lot of people who were saying, um, I, I guess, two different approaches. In Japan, people were saying, you French people and foreigners are sending a wave of panic for no good reason. Here, everything is fine. You know, and I heard this from several different sources of people saying we don't understand why the foreigners are panicking about this because it here on the ground the situation is not a problem at all and people are leaving the you know there were a lot of French people that left uh, Japan and you know from different countries that left Japan uh, not because they felt danger. On the ground, but because their families were so worried that they demanded that they would come back uh, home. Yeah. Um, is it just before we go back to to Kat on this? Is that also something that you guys felt uh, in in Saudi Arabia and Thailand, or is it just France?
2: Um, Saudi Arabia, I'm not really sure. It's uh, apparently there were more important other things to worry about, so. Specifically, that aspect of the earthquake, nobody was really looking into. It's all about the disaster and what's going on, and then everybody's worried about the Middle East. So,
1: sure. So, there, but there weren't <coughs> any, you know, Saudi uh, in Japan that were, you know, the embassy said you have to come back now. We're not going. Uh,
2: there are a lot of Saudis there. They're not many. I think there was about uh, uh, scholarships Saudis on scholarships studying in Japan. I think there's about no. three hundred. In the Tokyo area, and apparently their families were worried about them and the Saudi embassy did this.
1: the the Saudi embassy uh, did what oh Turkey's gone okay letad you can uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you Dan.
0: um yeah, I mean exactly the same I mean um the day after everything happened, all of my friends from Japan came back, and i mean amazingly they when they came back, they actually didn't um try to follow. But it did follow what happened, but through the news. And they were still kind of afraid to go back to Japan. But, I mean, mm. once I've actually talked to people that s- stay there, they were pretty calm. And um, I wish, before we get into that, I mean, I, w- I was just kind of wondering Sorry about how about Japan... That. T- <laughs> did you mute <laughs> yourself,
2: Turkey? I automatically muted because my phone rang. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> okay, keep going, Lehad.
0: Yeah, I was wondering about how more about the steps of how you think Japan communicated their procedures because I mean what channels did they use? I mean I, I, I got a couple of humorous examples of how they um, how they're such a cartoon or manga culture that all their um, communication always had like um, sound effects about um, of how to do things and what could happen and things like that. Like for example, yeah, was um,
1: the the children's uh, advisory video that came around. Yeah, the yeah, way. yeah. Came about the nuclear power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um,
0: I, I, yeah, I heard my friend that um they they communicated that um to use only they would turn off turning off the electricity and we could only use gas and things like that. I was just wondering about how they did that. Mm.
1: Um. Yeah. So yeah, for for us it was different different approaches to that issue. Um. Kat, how, how was it communicated? Uh, you know, was it calm and rational for, for the, at least in the beginning? Or was it, d- did it feel like someone, you know, the government didn't want people to panic so they weren't actually informing people properly? Or how was it perceived?
3: Yeah, of course, everybody was calm and quiet since the beginning. I mean, Japanese people, they're very quiet. And for me, what was, what made me panic was uh, the total absence of reaction from Japanese people, like mm. nobody panicking, nobody saying anything. So finally, you're like, okay, am I the one crazy uh, here? And family is pani- panicking overseas. So of course, the fact that they have absolute no reaction made me panic and made me go a bit south mm. on Tuesday.
1: So you but- you actually left Tokyo uh, because you were you because you didn't know what was happening.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If I had more trust into Japanese news, I think I would have stayed because uh, the only thing is that you should uh, keep confined uh, inside your house uh, 15 and still it was not uh, that bad. I mean, a little bit of particle in the air, but still. But because nobody reacts, then you feel like, okay, I'm not in that mindset. I'm French and uh, maybe I have to escape a bit.
1: Right. And so how about your, um, your Japanese friends? Did they at some point say something or, you know, did they decide that things were actually serious or uh, was is it, you know, did it stay that way for a long time? Or how is every- this? Yeah.
3: Everybody is more concerned by the situation in the north, which is pretty serious. So I totally understand. Then, when you speak, I mean, when I spoke with my Japanese friend, they were like, okay, you cannot complain. Tokyo is not touched at all. And then we are not uh, suffering from tsunami. So just behave and wait and see. And this is not something I can accept. So that's why I move a little bit south. Mm. So for me, this behavior was really scary.
1: I'm guessing there's a lot plus, of. Plus oh, sorry. the
3: panic. Uh, there's a panic overseas, of course. Like, family, my, my mom was crying on the phone, so I was like, Okay, I, what do I do? Yeah, you, you have uh, you don't know where is the truth where the truth is Japanese saying on TV, or the truth is that what you hear in uh, Europe about it. I, I really don't know,
1: yeah. So, uh, in Letard, that, uh, Letard, you wanted to say something, yeah. Um, I,
0: yeah, she just mentioned she lived in Tokyo. I mean, um, there was this statistic or story that I heard. I was just wondering, I mean, both from your actual experience living in Tokyo and during the tsunami, there was about there was um zero incidents or zero reports of goods stolen during the disaster, which that uh, for me is amazing.
1: There were what? Sorry, I didn't um, hear. There
0: um no um burglaries or thefts of
1: um people's belongings oh right it, no looting. Yeah. yeah. No looting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's oh. one of the yeah. Uh yeah, go ahead, Kat.
3: No,
2: no no no, i I understood that <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Turkey um, my question is how are you reacting in France considering France is one of the few biggest countries of using nuclear power <laughs> yeah that's that's another
1: thing i want to uh, I want to get to uh, just before that though um there was i wanted to address the uh, the videos uh topic that Letad mentioned um there's there were a couple of videos one of them was uh the children's advisory video like to explain the situation with the leaky um well not leaky damaged uh power plant um to children where they compared the power plant to you know they called it what did they call them uh, something kun i can't remember um and they they said it's it's got a, a bellyache and uh it it's gonna poo and if it poos then it's a big problem, but if it farts then it's okay and I mean it it everyone saw it.
3: Uh I did not.
1: <laughs> you didn't? Well it's it's sort of a strange in the context of Japanese culture I think it makes a little bit more sense. But it's also kind of interesting an interesting way to address the problem of young children not understanding what is happening and as ridiculous as it looks i mean look it up cat it's really it's it looks completely silly but as ridiculous as it looks i think it's sort of uh, it, it's a good thing that you would explain to children who don't know what's happening with all this uh, you know a a, a a sort of very stylized and simplified uh version of that so i don't know i think it was interesting but also, there was a French guy. I, the French are all over uh, the, the the news. Um, a French guy who made a video, very angry with the Japanese media for not talking about the uh, nuclear plant and the issues there. Uh, he the, he the, he was showing on TV. He made it in English, but he was very angry and and yelling at basically at the camera and the TV, saying, "Look at what they're showing us now." It was the standard, you know, with talent shows where they you know see how many ways they can shake their boobs or something like that um and that was going on on tv as the the problem was unfolding and he was very angry about this so what you're telling us cat is that there was no anger and no concern in the population has that changed or
3: there is concern but uh, it's uh, like we are we totally have a different behavior in that kind of situation, so of course there is a concern because I was in the office uh, Tuesday 15 and uh, I could feel that everybody is so stressed but nobody expresses way as we do, so they just listen to the news, they listen to what they are given, but they don't ask for more. But uh, when you are not Japanese, you, in a way, you don't belong to this country. Yeah. And uh I don't know you cannot have the same reaction you trust as well your embassy and you trust the news from overseas and of course French I think were the more more the most uh, panicking something like that mm-hmm. French were a little bit too strong Right I mean the US embassy yeah. and a, uh English embassy were, was a little bit uh on the soft side But uh yeah
0: So yeah that's a might- good I think that's a good point because um, when I mentioned about a lot of my friends came back the day after, but a few stayed, I mean, the difference was the people that stayed were the people that really love Japan. And I think it's kind of like the, their trust towards their country mm. that makes them, yeah, which is different yeah, than ours. Yeah. Which, yeah. There,
1: yeah there's a thinking. lot, there's probably a lot of uh, gambaru also, which is very difficult to explain. It's a Japanese concept of let's just stick it out and be courageous and keep going and keep making efforts. And we know it's hard, but we have to stick through it, kind of. Um, mm. Yeah, so I'm guessing a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people have been saying gamba to each other uh, in the office and stuff like that, Kat.
3: Yeah, yeah, but I hate it. I mean, uh, it's like, what, I don't want to die for, for nothing just because I don't know what's happening. So
1: yeah, well, I do so- not
3: accept it.
1: So you're but you're back in Tokyo now. And as we've I'm been not... hearing in the past day or two, um the situation we thought was sort of uh, resolved in the, uh, in the reactor, in the, pa- in the plant, but in the past day or two, we've been hearing that the, the, the uh, ra- radioactive water and material might have been leaking into the ground, and it's a very, very big concern now. So we're, we're sort of casually talking about it and laughing about it, almost. Well, not laughing about it, but laughing together. But the situation is, has become very serious at this point, and you're still in Tokyo, Kat.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, I mean, the situation is uh, stable, stable since like maybe one week. It's not better. It's not worse. And uh, it's still a concern. I mean, it's not getting better, I think. And uh, we had a warning like three days ago, like uh, to say the babies cannot drink tap water. So you were talking before about uh, the shortage of food in the supermarket. Now it's really reality. Before it was not. But uh, in Tokyo, since uh, I came back, you cannot find a bottle of water, milk very rare, fresh product not so much, and eggs are absolutely nothing. So this is like becoming very difficult. And still, we don't know what's happening. We don't know the extent of uh, contamination. So I don't know if I should stay a bit longer or not. Everybody seems normal here, but uh, mm. it's not resolved in the nuclear plant.
1: The, because the, the thing that we've been hearing in the past two days is that I think reactor 3 has been determined to be leaking like actually leaking and I, of course it's not immediately next to Tokyo but that is not the situation staying stable
2: exactly. uh, they, they, they suspect it's leaking they haven't confirmed yeah. it yet Yeah. Well, before now is it normal for you to drink tap water
1: I mean, from, just before, from the faucet
0: yeah. before the current
1: situation yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I used drink. to drink t- tap water all the time in Japan. It's completely drinkable.
3: Yeah, yeah, but when they say that, then after what do you do? I mean, you have to cook, you have to do things with tap water, and, so- and then you cannot find water in Tokyo, so what do you do? You drink uh, beer
1: <laughs> so So what do you do? What actually do you do? Because if you don't have bottled water anywhere, then certainly you have to preserve the bottled water for the babies and the, the, maybe the older the older people or... I don't know. But what do you do? What's, what's happening? What's your plan for the next, let's say, week or so if
2: bottled water didn't, becomes didn't, a problem? Didn't they just declare that the, the water is now back to normal? Yeah, yeah, it's
3: back to normal, but... Uh... I mean, still a little bit higher than normal. So then, I don't know. It's a bit scary still. But uh, I drink tap water today. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I don't know.
0: <laughs> um, so, um, I mean, maybe you guys could help me. So the main threat from radiation right now is with um, the contaminated water, right?
3: I mean. Yeah, yeah, and also food uh, like uh, leaf uh, veggie from uh, Fukushima or like that yeah, kind fresh of,
1: vegetables.
3: Yeah, yes, uh, fish as well. But then I, I'm not so concerned about food, I mean, of course I am, but I think check the Czech and Japanese uh, authorities are checking a lot, so I, I'm not very worried, but tap water and contamination of uh, water, it's for me a little bit more serious, mm. because of course it's coming to your house, it's not stopped somewhere. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, all these concerns are of course, complete very legitimate, um, and they have made it across the world because the the the, the issues with uh, nuclear plants are very real, and they have always been very real. But um, they have been brought to light even more with this this event. And as Turkey was pointing out, we in France are using a lot of uh, nuclear energy; uh, the majority of our energy is nuclear. Yeah, Kat. Yeah.
3: We don 't have an earthquake in France,
1: yeah, exactly, so that's, that's oh. a li- you know the, the main difference and the, but you know, the, the earthquake that provoked the uh, that problem was one of the biggest earthquakes we have ever seen anywhere, uh, and in France, we don 't have earthquakes period, and by the way, if we had like an earthquake half the strength of, of that one, Paris would be leveled, so I, I, there wouldn 't be anyone to bring electricity to. So that wouldn't necessarily be the problem. So I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, even though there is a little bit of a concern, um, it's not very serious. To answer your question, Turkey, in France, we're thinking, you know what, there is a risk. Uh, there, is also a huge, hu- there are huge disadvantages of, of using uh, oil. One of which is making, you know, Turkey richer, which we don't want to do.
2: Oh, thank you very much. What, <laughs> hundred and ten
1: now? Something like that, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is a concern, but it's it's sort of a trade off, and that most, you know, in ninety nine point nine nine percent of the cases, well, you know, the the a nuclear plant is going to be safe and cleaner than anything else of course we have to there are issues i don't want you know to to pretend that like there aren't there are risks in cases of of issues of problems like these and there are uh, uh, the the used material that we have to dispose on which is a huge problem but if you compare it to all the other solutions that are viable today then this is still in the i think in the mind of the french Population. this is still an acceptable trade-off. And we don't think we're going to have a, 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 an earthquake that's going to be as much of a problem. So uh, we're not going really concerned about this.
0: Can I ask you about that? I mean, I don't know much about the, the earthquakes, but is there a scientific reason why you don't think there's going to be one or just historically you have not had
1: well earthquake, both. Um, so you're not too worried? We're not on a fault line. So, you know, we're in the ah. middle of the tectonic plagues. Uh more or less so it's not like we have regular earthquakes and there haven't been earthquakes i'm sure there are small earthquakes you know there are everywhere but historically one day you know there will be an earthquake that will destroy everything maybe you know <laughs> in in within the next 100,000 years it might happen so and it might happen tomorrow, it might happen in, in a, a 2,000 years. We don't know, but that's one of the things. Another thing that might happen is that a giant uh, meteorite is going to fall on Paris and destroy everything. That's also something that might happen. I guess it's on that level, not quite that level, but you know that kind of, oh, hello, Turkey. Your phone yep. is ringing again. Um, <laughs> it's on that kind of level of concern, I would think. Uh, of course, in in other countries it's different. But Letad, how is how is it? then I'm I'm not even asking Turkey because I know he's using you know Saudi oil. Arabia is using oil for everything. I'm guessing. Uh, but right. what about you? What about Thailand? Right. So there was a push for um, nuclear energy a while ago. I mean, several
0: years ago from um, the former um, minister of energy. But um, it, for the same reason, it's not implemented in other countries. Is there's. But, scaremongering and yeah people are just skeptical of if they're having problems, and I mean it basically yesterday we also um if you've heard we just had a big earthquake in um Cambodia, right I'm sorry not Cambodia oh yeah not Cambodia, and um it's reasons like that that um I think I don't think we're ever going to get nuclear energy in Thailand, even though I mean with the current technology it's probably the most viable solution for us to go forward mm. but um
1: yeah but. Like, so there, there speaking, was a push, and now with the story in Japan, it's sort of no one wants to touch it anymore?
0: There was a push, but um, it's kind of like a push from, how can we say, maybe
1: academics and people more
0: in the know. But, I mean, the public the public never adopted it. I mean, as soon as there was a problem in Japan, people kept saying, this is why we should never have nuclear energy in the country.
1: Yeah, it, it makes sense. Yeah. It's not like right. I'm saying it; it's ridiculous and nuclear energy is completely safe and fine. I'm just saying... The feeling in yeah. France is that it's probably the lesser of 13 different evils. Um, Turkey, I, I was joking that I'm sure you don't really care about nuclear energy, but I'm going to ask you, calling you anyway. Are you
2: evil? Did you just call us evil?
1: Uh, I called everyone evil. And also <laughs> your sound is super muffled. Your, I think your
2: mic is right. on your clothes uh, or something. Yeah yeah well we are we are pursuing nuclear energy by the way, in Saudi Arabia, and we're sticking to it according to the last uh, uh official report okay well wow. that that's a surprise, so you're preparing for the future yep well, we're waiting and seeing what's going to happen with all of this stuff. Uh, you know the u a e already signed a contract to build a gigantic nuclear plant. Um, Turkey, is is there a reason, I mean, just to supply
0: your own country, or are you planning to also sell that energy? No, it's mostly for local
2: consumption. Okay. Because there's a huge, uh, Saudi Arabia is one of the fastest growing populations in the world, and uh, they need to catch up, and the oil is not uh, enough to supply us. Mm, Right. And we can't use it all, otherwise what can we sell? So...
1: Hey, this is a little bit off topic. I don't know if we can talk about this, but your, your marriage is still on tracks, right?
2: My marriage is still on track, May 5th, and we're still sticking to Japan honeymoon.
1: That is what I wanted to ask. Um, <laughs> so you're, you're leaving for Japan, I, I'm guessing, you know, very soon after the wedding, and you're yeah. not reconsidering? Up
2: till now, no. Okay. We decided to continue and keep our plans as they are. I don't think the situation there is serious enough that for me, for us to cancel a trip that we were planning for a while. So okay, yeah. all right, and plus, um, dude, we're gonna go and support the Japanese people.
1: <laughs> I guess they need all the support they can get at this point. Bring um, what? Bring of water. Bring <laughs>
0: water. Um, can I? I wanted to ask you another question. So um. Now that you mentioned Turkey's honeymoon, I mean, I had some friends that were planning a trip to Japan. And then they were like, oh, no, now I don't want to go this time. And I just asked them, why not? And they stopped to think for a bit. And then, mm, good question. But, I mean, I, and then they said, they usually say, I guess the, the atmosphere may not be like before. I mean, the fun and vibrant yeah. Japanese community. So I agree.
3: Free? In okay. Tokyo, definitely, because most of the shops, they're closing uh, earlier. And then the, most of the foreigners, they left as well. So there are much less parties and stuff. So nightlife is totally at level zero. And uh, yeah, so the mood is not uh, not very fun. So I agree. If you want to go to Tokyo, it's not the best time. And despite it will be like a cherry blossom in a, while, in a few <laughs> days. But, uh,
1: so is, are, are, do people have uh, Hanami parties planned? Or? Because, not uh, yet. yeah hanami Uh, is is when you go out in the in the parks and drink and enjoy the cherry blossoms and you know spend the whole day i'm just
2: explaining to the listeners Uh, i think i think the golden week is gonna be decisive about how the atmosphere is maybe (laughs) Hmm.
1: all right uh any words in conclusion to that story before we move on to the middle east
3: for me, I would like to say that uh, finally this crisis uh, revealed uh, a lot to me that uh, I'm still foreigner in Japan. I'm working in a Japanese company and, uh, you know, like uh, in Japan, many for- in Tokyo, many foreigners left the company, so they are called, uh, okay, Foreigner is gaijin in Japanese, so they are no called flyjin. <laughs> And uh, when you go back to company, uh, my company, like only Japanese people and then uh, the morning I came back, like Tuesday, they did not say hello to me. I mean, and it's pretty tough right now to be a foreigner in Japan.
1: They feel like you're you're not being loyal to in the time of crisis.
3: Yeah, you escape and you show that you were a foreigner after all. I mean, before everything else. So this this is going to be okay, I think. But it's, it's
1: do you, tough. Do you know of any Japanese people that left, maybe not the country, but at least, you know, to the south of, or, or farther yeah. away from Tokyo?
3: Some people, they are not from Tokyo. So, of course, if like some big company were closed uh, after 11 of uh, March for one week or a few days, so they went back to their hometown. So, of course, but if company open again, they will come even if they have to queue five hours to go to work. Yeah. Something you can never see in France. People queuing five hours to go to work. I mean, uh, in France, you would say, okay, I just don't go. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, some people came back to hometown. But, uh, yeah.
1: So, you're saying that the, the, the f- you're feeling a hostile sentiment towards you because you left. What about uh, foreigners that maybe stayed and stuck it out? Are they considered, you know... Is the 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 stain of the the foreigner uh, on them too, or the ones that stayed are considered with more, um, you know, kindness?
3: I mean, it's case by case, but uh, I believe like if you if you are a foreigner and you stayed, yeah, of course they respect you more in mm-hmm. a way.
1: So you're. I you're, left.
3: You're, I left to south, so you know, I did not fly uh, out to France, but uh, I moved south, so yeah. I'm a little bit escaping. <laughs>
1: Well, wow. okay. Well, I I mean, it's a difficult situation and I don't think anyone should judge anyone in that, you know, in that yep. situation and by that I mean especially not us the and the listeners. It would certainly be easy to to look at that with a sort of judgment judging eye and either judging the foreigners or the Japanese themselves, but no one knows how people are going to react in a situation like this. So please refrain from you know just listeners please refrain from judging anyone in this uh in this scenario it's just tough for everyone mm. um all right uh let's move on to uh the middle east and of course this is the other huge story that has even started to overshadow um the japanese uh the japanese events in the past few days and maybe in the past week um because the uh, when did the operation start was it a week ago i believe that's that's the case right on the uh, 19th no no one knows okay <laughs> well <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's going to be interesting to ask also if that was even talked about but um so basically uh in in the, the france pushed in the u.n for at least that's how we see it from here france pushing in the u.n for military operations in libya to support the insurgency or the revolution however you want to call it uh and this finally happened and so uh there was a task force a military task force headed by the u.s of uh surgical strikes on strategic positions in libya um And that was designed to weaken the military capabilities of uh, the forces of uh, Colonel Gaddafi. And it was sort of a a mixed bag because at first it seemed like France had garnered the support of everyone, um, or or at least, you know, they managed to get people to be neutral. But a few days afterwards, uh, not only did the, the, the Arab countries express a little bit of, of doubt uh, with the operations, but also it seemed like, yes, it did weaken Qaddafi's forces, but the, the, it didn't stop their, it didn't completely stop them. And the insurgents who are, you know, people like you and me with no military training, just picking up weapons and trying to fight uh, are so disorganized and, and in such lower Strength that they're not really stopping the the forces of Gaddafi. So we don't really know what's going to happen there. Um, Is that an accurate portrayal of of the situation? That's the way we see it here in France. Um, I'm going to go to Turkey first because, you know, he's the closest to the situation.
2: Um, I think the reaction is divided. Uh, The majority, I think, at the moment do support... uh, the entire reaction and uh, the intervention at this moment. However, there is a strong minority that is definitely not so excited about it. And Gaddafi is uh, the type of guy who is using that... What did he say? Yeah. When first he started, the revolution started, he said, I'm fighting al-Qaeda. Yeah, help me support me fight al Qaeda, calling on the Western world, and now he's calling on Muslims. So let's fight the Crusaders. Yeah, so right. He just switches according to what he needs, and uh, so I'm and, guessing that doesn't
1: really, you know, ring, you know, that doesn't echo with anyone. Everyone knows that. You know, no, that's a... it does echo
2: with some people who are really? very who are worried who do think, however, I would assume those are, at the moment, a minority. However, if a single uh, foreign Western soldier puts a foot on Libyan uh, ground, then that, uh, popular, that uh, view is going to be increased dramatically. Mm. So as long as they're staying in the sky, I think they will get the majority support. But as soon as they put someone on the ground, I think that majority support is going to split. Yeah, and the
1: U.S. has very clearly expressed that they don't want to put anyone on the ground, and they don't want even to continue leading the the operations because they were sort of put as a de facto leader because they have the most uh, experience. I but, think uh, I think they just have transferred it to yeah, NATO. To the NATO, yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a complicated situation, and uh, people are divided. There is still. A, there's too much anti-U.S. sentiment as much as there's anti-Qaddafi sentiment. So people well, are kind was... of... Uh, uh, the people who support uh, air uh, strikes are... If you talk to them, the majority of them would say, well, it's the lesser of two evils.
1: Okay. Well, that's that's also part of the question I wanted to ask you. And not just for Saudi Arabia, but maybe if you have your, your finger in the sentiment of, of the mm-hmm. other Arab countries... Um, in France, it's seen as a French initiative. Now led for a brief time by the U.S., but in effect, I mean, a lot of people I've heard from people that it was seen as a U.S. initiative. Also, um, is it how is it seen from you know from the Middle East? Is it a French thing? Like, is, is really the U.N. and France pushing for it, or is it no, the no, U.S.? No, this is, this
2: is seen as a U.S.-British thing.
1: Hmm, Interesting.
2: Although, even though I think the first strike was French and they did attack ground units uh, around uh, Benghazi, however, that was so uh, undermined and uh, not mentioned as highly as the entire British and American strike. Okay. I see. So French are seen as part of it, but uh, I think the impression of most people is that it's led by the US and Britain.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, same here. Thailand. Yeah, I I was going to move on to to Asia. Uh, Not just about uh, the recent events, but can you just give us – because we haven't – we've talked about this whole movement that started, you know, before Christmas uh, from a lot of points of views. But I don't think we did Thailand or, you know, Asia in general. Can you summarize in a few, in a couple of minutes, how this was seen uh, in Thailand? It's not like you have the most, you know, super friendly government either. Mm, um, right.
0: <laughs> um. You mean the entire kind of the Middle East? Yeah. Yeah. The whole,
1: situations. you know, the series of revolutions. The series um, of
0: revolutions, right? So we were kind of confused. You know, we don't know what to think because, I mean, the aftermath of all the red shirts and the yellow shirt thing is like, people realize we don't know who's good anymore. We we don't have like a real um, a real champion, you know a real leader that everybody wants, and um after the series of um revolution the the thing you know, the thing you have to understand about Thailand is we've never had a real democratic background, mm. so I mean as soon as we started to see that there's so many countries had revolutions, there were a lot of people the questioning saying, Is the internet bad i mean is the world going to crack because um people have too much many voices i mean it the people say that, and it seems a bit ignorant. For it might seem a bit ignorant for some people, I mean. But the p- reason that um, a lot of ties may say so that, that is because that's, um,
1: that's interesting. You're saying that the initial reaction was, "Wait a second, this is this freedom of speech." I'm caricaturing here, but the yeah, freedom yeah. of speech is provoking unrest and danger. That was the initial reaction from a lot of sectors. People are wondering a bit. About like they're not saying it's a big revolution
0: and a victory for the people, but they're just saying it's a lot of turmoil. And I mean, is this really a good thing? Hmm. I mean, are people having too much voices? Interesting. Because we we ourselves have never had a real revolution. I mean, on, on, only once where um, uh, was our government overturned. But I mean, it's not. I would say it's not. I would say a complete revolution. But I mean, um, after that, uh, basically, it was. It wasn't as covered as much as Japan, so I mean, the second step was um, as we we didn't hear much about them, the France and the UN. I mean, the the second step was just um, the U.S. attacking Libya, and this is, I'm talking about so, mainstream media.
1: But, uh, so so you're 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 saying that when things first started happening in you know in all the different countries in Tunisia and a little bit in Algeria and then Egypt. It was there was an initial burst of interest and then it sort of died down even uh, as other countries were also having revolutions. It was sort of like, yeah, OK, it's all the same. The same thing is happening. We don't really care until the military strikes. Is that correct?
2: Right.
0: Right. Exactly. And it's also because um, we're, we've always um, the yellow shirts and the red shirts are still active, just not like um, dangerously active. So, mm. as soon as there's a revolution um each each division will try to draw their own similarities, like the Shirt will say, "See, everyone's asking for democracy around the world and things like that mm. so it it was like it would soon shift to local domestic political parties
1: so now, what's the situation with the now that military operations have actually happened um,
0: it's actually. Die down now that um, after it was only reported that the U.S. attacked Libya, and now right now, like in the last couple of days, there haven't been many lo- reports in the local news about mm-hmm. what happened.
1: Interesting, okay. and I mean,
0: but I mean, in with within my own circle of friends, there will be like people will talk about, um, was there going to be another World War Three? Wow, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, but, but um, no, that's that's very interesting. Like that, yeah. That's very um, interesting because that is something that is completely not a concern. For us, I mean it's definitely a concern because it's a war, but it's it's considered as very local, so it's interesting that you guys you know would would discuss the possibility of it actually becoming a, a conflict I think, I think it's all part of this
0: narrative of um in Thailand um what we've went through basically is last year we had um the red shirts and the violence, and this year we had suddenly um um a a monsoon that came in and made the weather actually the coldest it's been in like several years. I mean, mm-hmm. decades actually. So the weather was very weird. We actually put on sweaters for like two days. And then on the third day, it was hot again. <laughs> and then like, we had an earthquake in Japan. And yesterday, we had an earthquake in Thailand. So it's all part of this 2012 narrative, which I cringe every time I hear it.
1: <laughs> I saw a, um, a, a comic a comic strip that was a couple of Mayans. Uh, showing each other the calendar and one saying, hey, I think I, I'm running out of place on the calendar. It it starts in 2012. And the other one was saying like, yeah, that's going to be quite a kind of funny. It's going to freak people out at that point in history. It's going to be funny. Yeah. It is working here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Kat has been saying very silent and very quiet. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what about... Ca- can you tell us... How things because I would think that Japan is sort of part of you know the, the, the same circles that uh, maybe the U.S, France, uh, Germany, the U.K are in. So certainly there was a little bit more concern over the revolutions in, uh, in um, the Middle East than there was in Thailand, but maybe I'm mistaken. How was it reported on, if you think back you know, three months ago?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, among the foreigner community, uh, of course, uh, people were discussing about it, and uh, it was a concern for everybody. And uh, maybe seen as uh, good things, like things mm-hmm. are moving there. Of course, now since uh, the earthquake, uh, there is not much on it uh, mm-hmm. on TV about it. Of so course, yeah. I, no, but really. I mean, you some, know, it, some it, Japanese people are concerned and they follow it, but uh, because of the news, I think it's a little bit stopped here. But I heard as well, like since uh, involvement of France and the uh, U.S., I heard as well some comment as in Thailand about third uh, world uh, war. Okay. Yeah, I heard same. Mm.
1: But yeah.
3: recently, I cannot say much.
1: Yeah of course. Yes, Patrick, I mean, you have to
0: remember is um it's we see it as the US attacking the Middle East. So
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it, that's yeah, that's very very interesting. Yeah. From here it's really so focused on Libya. Um with I want to keep going with this, but just to, me, to make sure I understand, Kat, um, huh? in, let's say in January and February, it, was it, do you think it was reported on the Japanese media? Um, and was it a topic of discussion or was it just among the, the foreigners?
3: It was reported on Japanese TV, uh, but not really discussed. Hmm. Uh, I mean, three months ago, maybe now is Libya a bit more. I mean, before earthquake. Yeah. And uh, yeah. because uh, we, within the community, there are people from uh, Israel, from the uh, Middle East, from everywhere. Sure. So, of course, they discuss a bit more than Japanese people. It's, I mean, it's mm-hmm. a bit far. And uh, maybe they don't feel concerned, I mean, three months ago.
1: Sure. Yeah. And when it was, you know, reported on, was it like the, the the strong and proud revolution of the people is fighting against oppression? Or was it, you know... The 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 people are unhappy for some reason, and we don't really understand.
3: Yeah, just the fact they are happy for unhappy for some reason, and then this is happening. But uh, I don't feel yeah. that there was a lot of uh, passion into the report. <laughs> like, uh, no, really, yeah, that yeah. was uh, a cold well, like, one. And this is happening. Oh, okay.
1: It it I guess yeah, it's really far away, so it would be asking a lot. I mean, we I don't. Think. Yeah.
3: And, and as well, it's really far away from a Japanese behavior, I think. So sometimes, when that kind of things happen, do they really, like, oh, world is crazy? I mean, that could not happen in Japan. <laughs> there is a That's little a bit thing. of things like that.
0: What about during Egypt? Because um, I, I just recall that um, for us in Egypt, that was extensively covered. Can I you come, come closer all...
1: to the mic, Letad? Oh,
0: yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I just recall that... Um, the Egypt revolution was actually extensively covered. Right? I mean, the subsequent countries were not. So, mm. was that the same for Japan? Yeah, is it just the news media like dying down and getting tired of the same thing?
3: Maybe a bit more, but uh, I did not hear about it so much.
1: Mm. Well, what's what's uh, what came out? I think of the the strikes now in uh, in Libya. I don't know how much of a role it played, but it seems like. The, the whisperings about the reason for that is of course to help the Libyan people. I think we were discussing last time that if there is ever a right time to to actually go into military operations, this is probably it. This is you you're never gonna find a better justified reason to do it if that you know, if a justified reason for going to war exists.
2: Well, um, Patrick, if uh, those strikes were uh, delayed two more days, Benghazi would have fallen under Gaddafi and he would yeah. have get controlled again.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, that, that's exactly my point. And yeah. if if anything, it's they probably, if they had happened, you know, three days before, the situation would be extremely different now also. Um, yeah. It, yeah, so, but one of the reasons was that people are whispering about is the fact that the US didn't want that wave of revolutions to stop and it it seems reasonable like a reasonable you know reason and it's it in my mind it wouldn't be just the US i don't think the western world would want that movement to be to come to a stop which it was it was being threatened by You know, it's hard to evaluate, but kind of threatened by it if if Gaddafi had won over the insurgency. And now, in the past few days, so we've seen, you know, unrest in Yemen and other countries. And in the past few days, the most surprising thing to me, the most unbelievable development was the fact that Syria is actually having similar trouble, uh, you know, very serious trouble, and... They are following the exact same pattern that has happened in other countries before them. Um, the, the the people are unhappy. Uh, they're demonstrating, sometimes rioting, and the government at first denies that there is any problem or refuses to do anything. Then they show a gesture of goodwill, hoping to appease the um, the anger of the people by, you know, raising salaries and stopping, a, a, I don't know how you call it, a state of emergency uh, uh, yeah,
2: canceling the state of emergency.
1: Right, that has been in place for decades, which was exactly what happened in the in the countries before, uh, before Syria, and that's the point we're in now um, in in Syria. And it seems like if, if you know if if what hap- has happened in the other countries before happens there too, then of course that is not go- going to be enough, and. So I don't know. That's the situ- situation we're in now. Um, and and is, the, is there a feeling that maybe the revolutions are going to get back in gear and start again in other countries? Um, I mean, in Japan, obviously, you have other concerns. So I'm guessing you're not talking about that too much, as you were saying. But... <laughs> um, yeah. Turkey?
2: Um, I don't think there's many countries left for a revolution, at least not in the Middle East. Uh, you got the Gulf states. The Gulf states, the, uh, there was an uprising in Oman. Oman, and it's now settled down. The Sultan of Oman gave them a lot of co- po- concessions, so everything is settled there. Uh, the other country you have is Bahrain. Bahrain is more of, a, less than a revolution, more of a sectarial war, mm. Uh, it's between the Shias and the Sunnis, and of course now the Gulf nations have interfered and they have forces in Bahrain to protect the Sunni government, and uh, I don't think there's much going to happen there unless uh, Iran decides to use power against the Gulf, and which is very unlikely at the moment. Right. So, uh, other than that, there's not many countries left, definitely. In well, Jordan. Syria,
1: Yemen, maybe yeah, even Iran. Syria, you know? yeah, Syria
2: know. and Yemen, it's already working. Syria and yeah. Yemen, it's, it's already happening. I'm just saying that wouldn't happen in another place. There were attempts in Saudi Arabia for uh, a revolution which completely, absolutely failed.
1: Right, uh, I wanted to ask you about this, because yeah. uh, soon after we, uh, we did the show last time, I think it was three weeks ago, yeah. um in which you you gave us a, an enlightening uh, explanation about about Saudi Arabia and why you thought it would not happen. Um, yeah. We heard that there was unrest in Saudi Arabia, as you know, you predicted it didn't really lead to anything. But can you give us more detail about this?
2: Well, the only real unrest happened in the Shia populated areas, so it's it's a sectarian uh, uh, uprising. Mm. So it didn't have uh, happen, and the Shias, about I think uh, they are about five to ten percent of the Saudi population are Shias, and they're all uh, mostly uh, in the eastern province of Saudi Arabia, and they were uh, brought down. And in, uh, there were calls for uh, an uprising, demonstrations in Riyadh, and uh, the government was prepared and everything, and nothing happened. Mm. I think no more than maybe less than 100 people tried to go out demonstrate. A friend of mine went to a major mosque where one of the demonstration gatherings was supposed to happen. And, and he told me, well, there were 80 people demonstrating and 100 people looking and laughing at them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it was a complete failure. And as I said, Saudi Arabia is not. The problem is. You have to figure out what kind of demonstrations are you looking at. There are two types of demonstrations that happen. Demonstrations demanding reform and dem- demonstration demanding the overthrow of a government. And uh, those demonstrations, for example, you have the demonstrations in Bahrain. They started in the first few days, they said, we want reform. Right. And I think after one week, they said, no, we don't want reform anymore. We demand that the government be thrown out, the entire royal family. Hmm. Which is actually was a big mistake by them, which pissed off all the Gulf nations and made them interfere and move in. Right. You cannot ask for uh, overthrowing government, and that's it in Saudi Arabia. Well,
1: well, you cannot ask for overthrowing the government. That that's what happened in the other countries, and it it worked in some cases.
2: Mm, no, it's not exactly the same. And, uh, uh, and in Libya, yes, they overthrew the government. Well, in Tunisia. In... And in Egypt, they did not overthrow the government. They got reform. The result was reform.
1: Well, you're playing on words here. I mean, effectively, sure. the dictatorship and the whole structure of the government was, came down
2: and was replaced. No, no. The most majority in Tunisia, if you go and look and review it, most of the people in charge are still from the old regime in Tunisia. Well, if yeah, go, but it's not... If you go to Egypt... I don't care what any person tells me what happened in Egypt. Did they they turned on the power? They surrendered it to the military. The military was still the one running the country, and they still run the country. I don't see. It's it's a face that changed. They changed the face. They did not change the entire structure. Hmm. If you well, get my point. Yeah, no, I I see where, where was, you're coming from, yeah, but I think you're being a little bit. It, what-
1: I the, think Hosni you're being Barak, a little bit disingenuous yeah. in your description of it and no, comparing no. it to Bahrain. Ho, 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 and,
2: you know. Hosni, Hosni Barak, I'm saying they are uh, reform. I think they called for reform. They got reform in those countries. Hmm. It was less. They were. They wanted to overthrow the head of state. They did not want to overthrow the, the entire
1: state. Sure, but look at what happened yeah. in Tunisia. They ended up actually, you know, the the people that were that came back in uh, in power that were part of the old government provoked so much uh, unrest again that they had to uh, you know the 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 revolutionaries that were in the government resigned and then the other ones had to resign too so yeah
2: but, but they are still there
1: well you have a you know a, a leading class but yeah okay i I guess you
2: can approach the problem in two different ways but 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 my view is if you come if you come and you say no we want the entire government removed entirely completely want to change the entire constitution and everything then you have a problem my point is at the end is that in saudi arabia nobody wants to overthrow the government at least the majority Right. Okay. Definitely has no interest in overthrowing the government. The majority in Saudi Arabia, as far as I'm concerned, believe that this is the best choice they have, at least for this time in, in history for this country. And they don't want. There is a huge pop, percentage of the population that do want reform in Saudi right. Arabia. And, and for them, they don't want to go through reform, and the majority of them, through the ways of a revolution, because for them, they are... In general, they are enjoying their life. They're having a a, a good life in Saudi Arabia. They don't want to start uh, an outcry uh, and all the problems that Tunisia had, all the problems that uh, Egypt had, all the problems that uh, Libya is having, and so on. What about the women in uh, Saudi Arabia? Do
1: they have an opinion about, you know, reforms and... uh... Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, definitely, women do request reform. There's a lot of, uh, there's a huge demand for reform, and I think there might be reform coming in the in the near future. There are very very tiny steps that the king has been taking up regarding reform in Saudi Arabia. There have been. Uh, I wouldn't call reform. There have been uh, recognition of some of the problems and the king has issued a lot of the royal decrees recently that uh, are pumping a few, I think, 500 billion rials uh, into the economy and into the pockets of the people to improve their lifestyle and so on. There's about uh, 30 billion rials of projects in, uh, in housing, affordable housing being developed now. That uh, they were, the entire population was given the public sector was given two years' salary. Okay, that's that's, econ- that's
1: economy. What about you know um,
2: yeah. uh, freedom and uh, yes, liberties? Saying, as, as I said, that, um, they, these are not exactly reforms. These are some tiny steps to help mm. the population. And when it comes to reform, nothing seriously had happened yet. There are some tiny steps that are happening here and there. I can't judge on it until now. I'd rather wait, because Mm. we're still waiting for uh, the current uh, ministry council. All the ministers, they expired about a month ago. So they have to have a new uh, council of ministers. So Mm. we're waiting for that, the new cabinet of ministers. We're waiting for that to see what changes will happen in the ministries. And 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 it's, it's late, but... People are hoping it's late because there's going to be a major change. Okay.
1: So, we'll what, about,
2: to... what about what uh, about
1: Syria? Just to close off the topic, um, how is what's the view of Saudi Arabia on Syria and what's happening there?
2: Uh, Syria is, uh, I think, in, in general, and uh, at least in the media here, they're taking uh, not too aggressive anti anti Syrian government, but they are also still reporting what's happening there so yeah. they're trying to stay in the middle to okay. see how it ends so it's kind yeah. of the u.s reaction during egypt and tunisia uh come on let's play with two sides until we see who's gonna win okay i, w- I wouldn't
1: characterize the u.s reaction in egypt and tunisia like that but Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Kat and, and Latad, what about, um, you know, we're going to close off the topic. Is there something more that to be said about, uh, you know, um, Japan and, and Thailand's uh, view of all of this, uh, even though, you know, you have earthquakes and other problems, or should we move on?
3: Me, um, not me. Go ahead, Kat. Uh, yeah,
1: go ahead, Kat.
3: No, no, no. For me, not really. I mean, I yeah. say everything uh, I wanted to say about it. and uh, Yeah, but it's an interesting conversation. I see it as well in a different uh, angle. So it's, it's <laughs> yes. nice.
1: But I guess, <laughs> yeah, as we were saying, Japan is, is definitely busy with uh, other things. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Latad, same thing.
0: Yeah, um yeah, for the two topics for the Middle East, I mean I just enjoy hearing Turkey talk about it because uh, we we don't get as much information here and I listened to the last podcast as well and it's I've
1: I've learned a lot. Yeah, and I um, it's in terms someone enjoys it because I can tell you for me it's a drag. Yeah, I also wanted to say <laughs> I, I, I was scared that we would get the the
0: normal um, argument between Turkey and Patrick in this podcast <laughs> we just got. So now I'm happy. <laughs> All right. But um in terms of Japan, I mean, just the general reaction from Thailand, I just wanted to add is that it's more of like an admiration, and we have been, we've been seriously questioning ourselves if a our country would be able to handle s- s- something like that.
1: Hmm. So that's... I mean, certainly there is admiration in, in everyone's eyes regarding Japan. I think there is also a little bit of concern that people are not... Yeah. As, as Kat was saying very well the foreigners would never, you know, would demand more. Although, you know, yeah. I'm saying the foreigners would demand more information. But mm-hmm. at the same time, when, when um, Chernobyl happened, uh, the French government said, well, the, the cloud, the nuclear, you know, the radioactive cloud stopped at the Alps, so we're good. And, <laughs> it, you know, it might be true, it might not. But certainly, oh, it's not like we rioted. I guess we did question it we did say, wait a second, this is bullshit. What are you talking about? And the, the reaction is, doesn't seem to be the same in Japan. Um, Japanese people seem to be accepting the, the, whatever story is being told. It might be true, but there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of questioning of the, of the stories that are being told by the government. So, yeah, yeah It's a very unique Japanese char- characteristic. But so I you're think. saying that, that for you... Letad, it's it well for you for for Thailand. We, it's yeah. been seen as as something to look up to. Right, right. I mean, the the thing that
0: everyone talked about was when they saw um, the government handing out the food provisions. Everyone lined in queue. I huh. mean, we all laughed about it. it was like, wow, <laughs> Japan is so awesome. We would never be able to do that in Thailand.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I guess that that is something we can all agree about. Nowhere else.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Maybe in China and even there.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no,
2: I, th- I think in China, only if they're whipped.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to have a bunch of people with rifles next to them. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Jeez. Okay, let's move on. Um, <laughs> uh, does anyone have any uh, local stories? I mean, Japan, we've certainly talked about all of it, unless Kat has a... a, a quirky anecdote kind of story that she wants to tell us about or you know from somewhere else in France we don't have a lot because everything has been about Japan and uh, and and the Middle East but what about you guys do you have local stories about something completely different uh, you want to t- tell us about or uh, should we close the show off
2: hey this is a quirky story from the US <laughs> Okay, I just right. From it's, the U.S., are you? Uh, yeah. Did you move? What happened? What's yeah, this no, about? No, no, no. You have to. Uh, so this ninety-something woman, uh, a guy in his fifties, refused to kiss her, her, her neighbor. So she went back home, took the gun, and shot wait, his wait, wait. House.
1: Refused to refuse to kiss her, like she wanted to, like French kiss her, kiss kiss her. She wanted a kiss from him.
2: He okay, said but no. just
1: a kiss- on the cheek, or I don't know okay. <laughs> anyway, so she went back, got the gun, and shot
2: his place up. <laughs> uh, did he did she actually shoot him? No, he was safe, okay <laughs> she shot the... so I think that's just
1: hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very strange sense of humor, turkey dude that... she <laughs> shot at his place. well, it's just you tell you that you should do what grandma says. <laughs> Yeah, You know, there's a valuable lesson you to have be learned here. Yeah, be the picture, her image, dude. I wouldn't kiss her rather he shoots me. <laughs> well, maybe if you knew that she was going to shoot your house, you might make an effort. <laughs> All right, excellent story. Anyone else has a interesting <laughs> story to tell? Well, on on that note,
0: <laughs> okay, um, I have. It's just it was. It, Kind of like an interesting thing for us to know. So um, this is the first year that we've imported them. Um, the the Got Talent show. I don't know if everyone of you know about it. So the what? We've "Got talent. Um. So Thailand's Got Talent. It's basically the franchise from America's Got Talent.
1: When Thailand's Got Thailand. That doesn't No, no. Thailand's sense. Got, no. got <laughs> Talent. I know. Talent, I know. I'm, I'm messing with you. <laughs> Thailand's <laughs> Got Talent. It's just funny. Keep going. Yeah, you're making fun of my accent.
0: <laughs> Good one. Right. So, um, so we had, so we, there was this contestant that, um, this girl that went on stage and sang a song, right? And she looked like really pretty and beautiful.
1: And she was a man. Yeah, she was a man.
0: <laughs> and and she sang both. She sang both the female and the male's part pretty well. And we were, and we were just like, oh, that's nice. And then, like, a couple of days later, I mean, the clip on YouTube got two million views, which is impossible because you don't get that many views from just Thai viewers. I mean, and it <laughs> turns out that it got, like, big hits internationally. Like, in England, there was one, one page about it in the Daily Mail. And, and, <laughs> and the transsexuals and the gays in Thailand are really very normal, and they're a big part of the mainstream media. And sure. we were just like, yeah, it was just a weird reaction for, for us. It was like,
1: that's that's an interesting one though uh because for us you know it is something strange you know trans, transsexual although you know people some people might be very accepting and it's not a problem at all i think to the general people a transsexual is still something a little bit you know ooh, okay that's weird you, you um, would be it's,
0: it's how, how well accepted it is in thailand they're a big part of the media
1: hmm cool that's awesome so so that story was you know the the thailand's got ta- talent thing was just that the surprise that foreign media would be interested in something like that it's like wait it's normal for us what's the big deal right right i mean we
0: see a lot of it even the singing in both the thai and female vo- i mean the male and female voice it was just like
1: one of those things hmm. wow good for you go thailand Woo-hoo. <laughs> And uh, what about you, Kat? Do you, do you have some strange funny story? Or is it like, you know, I, I understand if it's just uh, yeah earthquake <laughs> but, all around.
3: Funny story, not really. I mean, uh, I think nobody's laughing too much here. So, uh, uh, what is quite weird is, like, on TV, like, uh, the adver- like major company um, stop to advertise. So you do not have any normal advertisement on TV. And everything you've got is, like, government advertisement. So with uh, a, a bit like, as you said, like, when they were explaining with cartoons about the nuclear thing to kids, then it's a little bit the same. You have, like, a anime character uh, singing and... Uh, Dancing in the most beautiful uh, world, <laughs> which is <laughs> Japan, and it's so weird compared to situation to hear like these uh, stupid songs, and you feel like in Disneyland so far. It's not really funny, but it's funny to see that on TV. Like okay,
1: and but what I, are they? What are? Th- let me make sure I understand. Yeah. Com- actual commercials are not airing at all on TV. No. There, there's no. no commercial. No. And and so what are these uh, a- a- announcements about? Is it just people explaining stuff?
3: No, or? no, it's, it's just like government advertisement, like uh, saying uh, you need to be kind to all the people, you need to be happy in life, you need to uh, eat uh, five uh, veggie veggies, uh, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, Japanese style, so like uh, cartoon singing and uh, dancing, it's so weird because yeah. you have the news And then you have a break with government uh, advertisement and you have the news again. And it's for me, it's so weird.
1: But it's not
3: very funny, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) No, 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 but it's interesting. That's the kind of thing, you know. One thing that we don't really get in other shows, you know, on TV or, you know, on, on, on traditional media... Is exactly that the view from the ground with the strange report report on something that we wouldn't you know hear about otherwise. So that's exactly the kind of information I, I'm very glad to get on this show. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um. All right. You know, we should probably do a a Japan special at one point because it's definitely a very interesting culture, and uh, I could also tell you a couple of uh. uh Interesting uh, stories about what I uh, saw when I was living there. Maybe we'll do that in, at one point. Okay. But for now, I guess the show is coming to a close, and uh, before we actually leave you, faithful listener, I'm going to give a chance to everyone on the on the panel to get, tell us where they can uh, be found on the Internet, starting with Mr. Turkey, who is muted?" <laughs> Turkey. Are you there? I guess he's not. What he I meant to say to was, starting with LETAD. Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> so, just at Lertad on Twitter would be great. Um, L-E-R-T-A-D.
1: L-E-R-T-A-D on Twitter. Yeah, so,
0: right. So, if anyone ever have questions about time or something like that, just ask me. I don't have many people to talk to on Twitter. <laughs>
1: it makes me sad. <laughs> Well, uh, so Lertad, L E R T A D. if you want to know about Thailand, uh, Thailand's talent, uh, or yeah. anything else. Thailand's Thailand. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, Kat, do you, you have a, do you have a, a Twitter account or something, or a f- website or something public you want to uh, talk about?
3: I don't have a Twitter account. I have only Facebook. <laughs> and, uh, I have many, many, many pictures of Japan, so maybe it could be interesting for people. I don't know.
1: Sure. So, uh, but is it is it okay for because it's your real identity? I don't know if you want to give out your personal identity. Yeah, maybe on, on demand. Yeah, anybody me. Sorry. Well, okay. So we'll we'll uh, we'll see what uh, we'll discuss after the show and see if we yeah, want to okay. put the link. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and Turkey. So we were saying. Uh, where it's the part of the show where we give people our links. Oh,
2: all right. So, where,
1: where, where did you go, first of all? What happened? You, you left a, us. I'm at the office. My phone rang. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Okay. <laughs> now you make me feel bad for making fun of you because you're actually making an effort to be on the show and it's very kind. <laughs> so,
2: go ahead. All right. So, if you want to get uh, in touch with me or follow me, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my ID is Saudi. And if you like, you can check out my podcast. Uh, I hope to get the new episode up soon. And it's uh, the address is asaudilife, A S A U D I L I F E dot net.
1: Thank you so much, sir. And for me, it's patrickbeja.com. Uh, you'll find all the links to all the stuff I do there. Um, if you enjoy this show, you might enjoy other shows on the Frog Pants Network. That's a funny name, but it's a real uh, place. You go to frogpants.com and you'll find a bunch of other shows that I'm sure you'll like. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And we will talk to you again in a month. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye
3: -bye. Bye Bye-bye.